Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Buffs on Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. It's been a minute due to technical difficulties or operator error. I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I forgot to unmute us. Maybe Zoom just didn't want to see us all in person. But we recorded our first ever in-person pod because we wanted to do something special because this, ladies and gentlemen, is our 50th episode. Uh, We've been doing this for almost a year. We are actually, I think, three days away or so from our... Uh, one year anniversary but either way we're back on zoom and we're still going to talk pistons we don't really have a plan for this one so we're just going to wing it uh, all four of us are here again 50th episode thank you guys for all the support you have shown us to this point uh, to think that we would have 400 and nearly 70 followers on instagram in 12 months is just crazy to me but uh, anyway enough of the mushy gushy stuff let's talk pistons basketball uh I don't know where to start. I, I think uh, Summer League is the freshest in my head still. So um, I've been thinking a lot about Asar Thompson and how he's going to have a role in this season. I think we talked about it in that in-person uh, pod. But if Asar comes in and doesn't average crazy numbers, but just does what he did in Summer League and just is a connector, as Connie called him, uh, is just – the guy who doesn't do anything great but does everything well, a lot of Pistons fans are going to come out and say, oh, we didn't get our guy. This isn't him. But I'm perfectly fine if that's what he does in this rookie season. Uh, what are you guys expecting from Asar Thompson uh, in year one? We'll start with Connie. He's first on my screen. Uh, some pretty subpar offense. I think there's going to be some ugly misses. Uh, I don't expect him to be like a plus contributor right away. Uh, I think we're going to see some crazy flashes, some really cool plays, some defensive stands, some like help side blocks that are going to like get everybody out of their seat, like some third row or maybe not even, I think not even third row help side blocks. I think maybe like a help side block where he recovers the rebound and takes it down the other way. Um, But at the same time, I think it's, I mean, it's, going to be inefficient i think there's i think there's like a very little chance that this guy comes out and is like a plus offensive player from the get-go because i think there's a lot to be wanted with his rim finishing um at every level he's been at and that doesn't get easier in the nba um but i think get ready to see a lot of highlights um and then a couple plays that are going to get us absolutely just salivating um, yeah I think that's pretty spot on. I remember valuing we watched and he took like those pull up mid range jumpers and he pulled the ball like so weird behind his head. Yeah. I think uh yeah, we're gonna see some low percentages, some bad shots, some bad misses. But I do think he's gonna be playable. Um he's probably our best defender on the wing already, depending on Isaiah Livers kind of where he's at health wise. Uh he makes the right plays. We saw over and over again. He's a great passer in summer league. He's a great offensive rebounder, defensive rebounder. He goes up high and he grabs it with two hands. Uh, so I do think he has a role day one. Um, and it just kind of depends if, if that corner three is at 35% wide open, then he's going to have more of a role if it's rather than if he's shooting like Killian did, you know, um, there's just that leash isn't going to be as long. I think, and we're no rush, really. 
to make him a starter, to put him, to put the ball in his hands. So, yeah, like Connie said again, or does you, like, I don't think the fans are going to be really impressed unless you're like us and you watch every game and you kind of see what he does. Uh, either way, I'm excited to watch him play. And I hope next year he's kind of solidified himself as, no, not next year, the year after. If Bogey's gone by then, that we're confident he can step into that starting spot. That's definitely like the long-term plan that once we do get off of Bogey, that he is, you know, the long-term heir to that, that three. But I kind of see... Like you mentioned, you're not going to be like very pleased with his rookie year. How about a Stanley Johnson kind of rookie year? Because remember at the time, we were very high on Stanley after his rookie year. We're like, oh, this guy's going to be, you know, the guy that stopped LeBron for years to come in the playoffs. Um, his defense is so good. His offense will come along. I think we could find a very similar rookie year. Um, for what it's worth, Stanley's numbers were eight points, four rebounds, 1.6 assists, about a combined steal and a block per game in his rookie year. 23 minutes per game. I think we could see something pretty similar. I could also see um, a sort of a similar impact we saw with Dyson Daniels on the Pelicans last year. Um, a guy that is from day one, arguably your best perimeter defender, um, you know, good playmaker, decent player, shot just quite isn't there yet, along with those percentages. That's actually a pretty good comp for us, R. Thompson, now that I think about it. Relative height. Daniels probably a better playmaker, but... Um... I kind of like that, the comparison there. Hold on, man. I think what's really important for him is that while the shot develops, he finds a way to still be active and involved on the offensive end. Because we see what all the other stuff he can do, like with the touch passes, uh, like seeing the pass before it happens, um, putting, offensive rebounding, like Gabe mentioned. I think there's still so many ways for him to become or be effective and playable on the offensive end, even if as the shooting develops, that he's really going to have to put his um, put his mind towards that. Because that's how he's – like, I don't see Monty Williams as a coach that's going to be like, yeah, just light, shoot him up, man. This is a, it's a rebuilding season. Do your thing. I think he's going to be looking for Asar to do the Asar stuff. And if he does the Asar stuff, which we saw him do in summer league, along with a little bit of scoring – um, it's going to be able to be effective even as like, yeah, the shooting percentages are probably not crazy. And like, just with the Stanley Johnson thing, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that video? Uh, Stanley, yeah. Stanley. Yeah. I mean, like I never hated Stanley in anyway, but he's just not good at basketball. So he is a bust. I mean, like he worked hard. He made his way back into the league. I wouldn't call him a bust. I mean, he was in the NBA. I mean, he is fringe in the NBA for a while. But he's what, the seventh pick? Like, I don't think you can, if you're just in, if you're in the NBA for nearly a decade as a seventh pick. Was he in the NBA though, really? Like, (laughs) he's on the fringe, like on the end of the bench. I don't, like, he made his money. I would say he's a bust though, compared to the potential that we thought it was. I mean, sure, but you get like like if that's your seventh pick, I'm mad. Like Killian Hayes, that's kind of the trajectory I see for him. Well, yeah, we'll see if Killian Hayes sticks around the same amount of time as Stanley sticks around. But like, like if you really look at all the seventh picks, like, is he that far below? Like, is he below the standard deviation or something? Like. 
I don't know. I don't really know who. Emmanuel Moody Other... and Macklemore, Greg Monroe. Uh, he's worse than Greg Monroe, yeah. Jonathan Kaminga. Like, I don't know. Like, those, like, six to ten range guys, like, if, I don't know. I don't Like, I'm never, you can expect them to be the superstars. Or whatever. Like, I wouldn't put them as a bust, is all I'm saying. It, it wasn't, like, great, good. But I wouldn't put him as a plus. <laughs> I uh, I was watching the Pistons Pulse podcast yesterday, and they came up with this trivia question. Uh, they do this thing called uh, sheet or sham, which is like true or false. And the question was, the Pistons have um, had two number five overall picks in their entire history, and it was in back-to-back years. You guys think that's true or false? Two number five overall picks? Yes. I mean, so there are last two. Yeah, but is that it? I don't I mean, know. Was, I would say true. I'll, I would say it. true. I don't know the history. I, really. I don't. I don't know either. I would say true just because I know that part is. <laughs> it is true. It doesn't mean that we haven't traded and had another team, uh, that pick that ended up being fifth overall. But we've only owned the number five overall pick twice, and it was in back-to-back seasons, and it got us Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's cool, man. Those are. I mean, like, what are the odds though? Like, we we had like, what was it? The third worst odds, and we dropped to five. And then we had the first worst odds, and we dropped to five. And that's the first time we've ever had the fifth overall pick be our own. Like, that's just piston luck right there. Um, I guess building off summer league, Marcus Sasser has me kind of hyped a little bit too. I'm excited to see like what his role is this upcoming season. Because I feel like he can knock down some shots, especially against where he's going to be playing, which is he's not going to be playing against first unit opposition. He's going to be playing against, like, obviously, like, second unit third stringers. So, I mean, he can get he can get a bucket no matter where he is. I just don't know where his minutes come from right now. Do you guys see Joe Harris not being in the rotation on opening night? Because I've been hearing that in some places, and I just – I don't Where's see it right now. I think I heard it maybe locked on Pistons or something, but I don't think it's it's true. That's kind of what we talked about on the podcast that didn't record. Yeah. We're talking about the rotation. I was trying to argue for Joe Harris uh, being a guard in that spot. We just kind of, you know, Jaden Ivey, Cade, uh, Marcus, uh, not Marcus Morris, the other guy from Flint, um, uh, Monte Morris. Monte Morris, yeah. Um, that's kind of the bulk of the guard minutes already. And then, you see him more of a a guard than a forward. I mean, Harris? either way, then he's behind Livers, probably behind a Star Thompson. That's fair. It's I, I think he'll be in the rotation. I kind of think he's going to be like a 10-minute a guy, 10-minute-a-game ten, guy. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll, like, rather than be behind either, I think he's just going to split his minutes, like, depending on the rotation at, at a guard or at a forward spot. I don't think he's yeah. either of those. Um, but I would think he would play, right? At least a little bit. I mean, he's a great shooter. Yeah. yeah. Um. One of the other trivia question Pistons Pulse had was uh, the last time Joe Harris shot 
under 40% from three was seven seasons ago. You guys think that's true or false? True. I go true, yeah. That, I mean, that's just crazy. It's true. This is crazy to me. Like, the last time he shot under 40% from three was seven years ago. He shot 39%. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the lowest it got. Like, that's just absurd. So even 10 minutes, 12 minutes, he's going to come in and hit shots, and that's what we need. So I don't see why he's he wouldn't be in the rotation. Like, I get Isaiah Livers is a great defender, but if he's not scoring, like, does he still get minutes? Uh, yeah, yes. Because Livers, like, we talked about it a little bit just in this Cade video that we just did. Uh, he is our one like a Sar Thompson is a is a wing and a defender. Livers is like I has at least forty pounds and a couple and like an inch or two on a Sar. Like Livers is our one dude that we can like throw at big wings. You know, like if you throw yeah. Joe Harris at a big wing, it's getting roasted. And or uh, a small ball four, <laughs> which is also really valuable. Yeah, yeah. He just Livers is so like large, strong, and athletic that. I mean, I'd love him to, you know, hit two threes in a game, but I think he has a little bit of leeway because his his he is sort of his archetype is essential for this team. Not exactly him, but his build and the type of guy that he can guard. And yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, even if he's not scoring and stops, hit whoever he's guarding. Two or three times, so like, that's a win. And as long as, like, even if he's not, as long as his like his defender believes that there is a possibility that if he catches the ball, he's going to shoot a three, then it's it's still valuable. Like, as long as he's still providing space on the offensive end, I think he can be, um, yeah, very effective. That's fair. I mean, what did he shoot last year? Wasn't he like 36 percent? It's not bad. It's it's never been like a percentage thing for livers. It's that like <laughs> there's like one type of shot he can hit, which is like a catch and shoot three pointer, and like I don't know, he's he's in his one per game limit. You know, that's just really that's the issue. It's not a percentage. Like, Kelster says he wants to see livers put the ball on the floor more and get to the basket. Do you guys want to see that from livers, or do you just want to see him like catch and let it fly? No, catch and catch shoot. And fly. Yeah, mo- yeah, maybe like maybe once like you rip rip and go. Like, if the defender really flies out at him, but no. We got other guys I'd rather see do most of the creation on this squad. That is fair. Um, but, Pistons community – oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to contradict myself and say <laughs> – but, like, having – I don't know. Having a, ability to attack from all positions is, like, so valuable. So if he can, like, pump fake – go and just like straight line drive and make another pass or finish at the hoop that Mm -hmm. is but not like i want him to like dribble up the court try to break somebody down you know that's not no 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 please no um valley you've been awfully quiet you got anything to add on the stars sasser livers uh harris killian anything i think we'll find harris you know like Kind of that ninth, tenth, or eleventh spot on the bench. Um, he'll probably play most nights, but it probably won't be a large sum of minutes. Um, and I think it could vary from one night to another. That's why I stretched it out to nine, ten, or eleventh man, um, not ninth or tenth man, because there's nights where he might not even play. 
Um, nice for Livers is, is shooting the ball well, and he obviously provides more defense. Um, where Asar is, you know, playing inside of his rhythm and, and doing good things. Um, Sasser, I'm, you know, if Killian is here start of the season or not, I'm not sure Sasser is really going to be on the team. I think he's most likely going to start, you know, two-way, mostly tearing it up in the G League. He's going to be a beast, considering Saban Lee averaged like 35 a game in there. I'm worried what Marcus Sasser is going to do that week. Um, but, yeah, I think as the season goes on, we'll see more of Marcus Sasser as some trades happen. Um, but I think from the get-go, we won't see him right away. Yeah. Does uh, – okay, let's do it this way. Do you think this player finishes the season of the Pistons, Joe Harris? No. No. I say yes. Ooh, okay. Alec Burks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are the other one? Bogey. No. Ooh. No. I think a desperate team's going to come in. Who do you, th- you think? I think it's Dallas. I think Dallas is going to throw something stupid at us at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, if you if they want to keep Luca happy, and if they're just like on the verge again, you know, make the playoffs, throw us that pick, you can have them. Monte Morris. Yes. Yes. No. Sorry, Monte. Just gotta be. <laughs> just gotta have a different answer. Fair enough. Gillian uh, Hayes. Killian Hill. No. I don't think he makes it to the season, unfortunately. Yes. I think he's been <laughs> through the season. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he makes it to the season, much less through it. Because I was thinking, like, I, I don't know, because I've been watching a lot of Cade and stuff videos for that, for the Cade video that's going to be up soon. So if you're listening, make sure you keep an eye on our YouTube channel for that. But um, YouTube's also been throwing at me like Killian Hayes highlights for some reason too, so I've of course watched them. But I, I don't think like when he catches the ball, I don't think he can do this point five offense stuff, Mm-mm. right? Like he just literally catches. He just like he knows what he wants to do. He just doesn't do it. I think I've said that before, but I. Either the point five offense is going to make or break Killian. Well, I mean, he's already broke. It's either going to help Killian Hayes or he can't do it at all. And that, that, I mean, that's also part of the reason why I think Isaiah Stewart got the extension. I think the second that Isaiah Stewart signed the dotted line, he was also signing Killian Hayes' ticket out of Detroit. Because I think that was the moment that Troy Weaver knew that, like, okay, Sadiq's gone. Killian's not working out. I got to show something for my first draft class. And he had to sign Isaiah Stewart. Well, Stu also earned that contract. Okay, he also earned it, yeah. But I'm also – I'm I'm talking from a Killian. Yeah, I, I agree on the on the, the .5 offense maybe not working in Killian's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, though we do think of him as like this, this playmaker, passer guy. There's so many times where it's like swing, 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 ball swings to Killian, and it's three dribbles through his legs to, to – yeah. To, to start this started off and it's just like yeah there's a level of decisiveness that um he hasn't shown and like dude all like for best case scenario if, if, the, if the grass if the pastures are green and the 
and the the harvest is bountiful, like the 0.5 offense kind of gives them a kick in the ass a little bit. And like that indecisiveness is just kind of forced out of them. It's like you are making that you were going to make a play or you are not playing. And that's so, exactly what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah. Best case scenario, he becomes an Asar type piece, like a connective off. Gabe said this a lot last season where he saw Killian more as a connective wing rather than a point guard. And yeah. if he kind of like, yeah, clicks on that point five, that sort of becomes the role that he plays. Yeah. And I mean, like Monte, what did we say? Monte average. I think we said it in the pod that didn't, what we weren't able to put out, but what was Monte 10, three and five? Like if Killian can come in and give us 10, three and five, but Monte also like never turns the ball over, uh, and is efficient. <laughs> this is also extremely true, and he can shoot like 39 percent from three. Yeah, so but, like I mean, is Monte Morris the long term answer at the backup point guard spot? Um, hmm, maybe not. it's Marcus Sasser, or maybe it's like a guy that's not on the spot, like backup point guard spot. You know, I feel like that can always be filled. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trip about like I wouldn't force Killian Hayes minutes because like is he the future? Because like yeah. No, I guess not. But I, I I'm like I'm kind of leaning towards the thing like Killian Hayes. The number one thing with Killian Hayes that we've been hearing is he's always in his head too much and he's always thinking too much. So what if this point five offense, like you just mentioned, Connie, what if it does give him that little kick in the keys there and it does kind of push him to be like, don't think, just do. And it actually helps him, which I don't know. I don't know if it's going to because he turns the ball over when he's thinking. Like, I don't know what's going to happen if he's not thinking. But as a, I'm just rattling my head to see how he fits on this roster. And I just, I, unfortunately for Valley and I's like mental peace of mind, I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, that seems to be how the front office is thinking, too. Like, what was the report? They're, like, desperate to move. They're deter- oh, determined to move. Something like that, yeah. Which makes me think, like, are they seeing something in practice? Is he not able to make those half-second reads? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think I said this a couple pods ago. I think he sticks it out to at least training camp. And if he doesn't make it, he won't make it to the season, but I think he makes it at least two training camp, and then he's done. Right. Oh, we didn't even we didn't even talk about how Cade was selected the USA Select team uh, in the Cade video. Got to throw that in there. Well, you say on this one too. Mm-hmm. He was offered a spot, turned it down. Yeah. Yeah, it was. We said it in the last pod, but we weren't able to put that out. So yeah, Kate on the USA select team was offered a spot on the actual USA team, but turned it down in in order to prepare himself for the upcoming season, which doesn't really make sense to me because if you're gonna be on the select team, you're gonna be gone that time anyway. So just like, but you're not gone like the actual Olympic time. That's fair. Okay. Like you're the there FIBA for FIBA World Basketball time. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, any news? Uh, I think Valley brought it up. Is Boyan playing on the Croatian team? He always does, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. I know Killian Hayes is not on the French team. He was on, like, their preliminary roster, right? Oh, was he? I don't know. I just read somewhere that he's not. 
could have fall. So he's played in the qualifiers. Bogdanovic has. Mm-hmm. Croatia. So we'll see. I can see that. Uh, of course, not much just in the news there. You guys want to do a couple top moments right now, or you want to save that for a whole other pod? Top moments from this past season. Yeah, let's go past season and then another or, or or overall, whatever you want. Can we save it for another pod and not prepare any? <laughs> that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Um I just thought 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 about this off the top of my head. We can also save this for another pod. Um jerseys. What you guys what do you guys think about jerseys for this upcoming season? Um personally, based on like me reading between the lines and just like totally speculating. Um, they did Asar Thompson, uh, and uh, well, only Asar has them, but they did Asar Thompson, um, like pictures, portraits, I guess they call them. And uh, he's in the uh, black, red, and blue statement jerseys. So I think those are coming back this upcoming season. How do you guys feel about that? I don't mind it. I'm the, the it, they grew on me big time. No, Same, I saw that, and I was, I was a yeah. pretty big fan of it. Um, you know, I, I. I was a big fan of them last year. I think they kind of grew on me as the season came on. Um, kind of opposite of those green ones. I'm glad those aren't coming back. Uh, <laughs> but um, That was my next note. I think they are because they did uh, some pictures with uh, Marcus Morris. Or not Marcus Morris. Man, you guys got me doing it. Monte Morris. And uh, he was in the St. Cecilia green shirt with the stars on it. So those might be coming back too. In, uh... <laughs> Not those white ones back, you know the ones with the with the lightning strike, like from back in the day. No, we had them like last season, two seasons ago. I think we had them last year, yeah. And then the the red one, yeah. You know, I want the red ones with the teal like splashes. I I love those. Those are clean, man. Those are so clean. I really want those back. Mind the Saint Cecilia ones, and they don't look like Pistons jerseys, but yeah. Like, what if you could choose a color for the next season? What color jersey would you want to see? Red, red, the red and teal. I think it's so clean. Rod red, yeah. I think James Edwards did report that, like, he doesn't think the teal is coming back because it was kind of like an anniversary thing. But he did say that he thinks that they are eligible to bring the red jersey back. Like, I want some, like, loud red, you know? <laughs> Stand like, out red. Yeah, something that fucking pops a little bit, you know? Put a, put some lightning strikes on there. Maybe put, 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 teal, yeah, I love a red. I would, too. How do you feel about the maroon, like, the maroon teal jerseys coming back? The maroon teal? Oh, like that, that <laughs> like, the away jersey from our teal era? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be okay with it. A lot of people have that exact reaction. To it. A modern spin on it would be nice. Okay, I could see that. You know what I want back is that sweet Motor City one with just the the two stripes down the middle. I got <laughs> one sitting right here. You you were a fan of those? No, I'm joking. I hated that okay. jersey. You <laughs> own those? I oh, I do, I do. I was a big fan of Blake Come Griffin, on. and I love the color red. Yeah. So. It was it was more of a you know, like you know I don't you guys know those uh kind of red maroonish jerseys the Pistons were like two thousand five six yeah you know? Grand Hill era 
no, yeah. no, that was that was in the nineties. But like the the Chauncey Billups going to work guys, they had this red jersey that I just absolutely loved. And when they came out with the Blake Griffin, like stripes down the middle, blue, whatever, that was the first time I've ever seen a red jersey since then. And I was a big fan of Blake Griffin because he was going off for us. So I was like, I want a red Blake Griffin jersey. And I got one. And now it's here. And it's not serving any good memories. <laughs> but, no, I, I'd be okay with bringing those uh, red ones with the teal on it. And I, I want some remnant. I think you're right. Red needs to be the choice. We have white. We have blue. Pretty sure we're going to bring the black back. I think we need red. Uh, Valley's confused crash. So you guys got any final thoughts before we get out of here? This makeshift pod. Um, no. Happy birthday, Livers. Happy. Yep. Birthday. Happy birthday, Isaiah Livers. Happy birthday, Killian Hayes. Um, and uh, Morris as well. Monte Morris. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that. What is that? What that was, was that? A, on the last pod we recorded, oh, and we yeah. argued about his age. <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh should we open the floodgates of this bricks regard again or should we save that for another day <laughs> uh, no, yeah that was great debate <laughs> that was a great debate i'm so mad that one got taken out but anyway uh thank you guys for th- listening to this episode of the buff sound podcast um you guys know the drill follow us on all social media platforms stay tuned to our youtube we're going to try to upload to that a lot more often during the off season uh and if you're watching this on YouTube, then just hopefully the video's up. You can go look at it. But until next time, throw the buffs on Detroit. Future is bright.